What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Good morning! Let's go. Covering the sports and teams you care about all through your morning. Ramon Foster. It's Ramon Foster. Kayla Anderson. Yeah, right. And Will Bowling. I could do a hundred push-ups. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Rude by Ethan Rose. On 104.5 The Zone. Kane is in the building. All right, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long when he Second half of the show starts right now on RKW, brewed up by Eighth and Rose from Mo and Kayla and Will with Brad Hopkins in for the Big Ragu again this morning. Kayla Anderson, Robert Walsh, I'm Will Bowling. 615-737-1045 is how you join the discussion. Streaming live at 104.5 The Zone TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. Twitch, please. There he is. Ooh. Awake and ready at 8 a.m. this morning. Robert Let's go, Walsh. go, Robert. Our esteemed producer. Why did I say Robert? The most interesting producer in the world. Can I ask one question before Ramon gets back? What is a big ragu? Like, is he a big fan of the pasta sauce? Is he? That's uh, a great question. Did you know that uh, Dante yeah. DiVincenzo is also nicknamed the big ragu? And really? Isn't Marcus Spears the biggest ragu too? Yes. Yep. Well, who the what the hell's going on with all these ragus? I'm a Prego <laughs> guy myself, but uh, it just depends whatever sauce you guys are into putting. No, in I'm spaghetti. with you on that because like Prego's own. thicker, yep. right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Have you ever totally. had Newman's own spaghetti sauce? Never good. even heard of that. Oh, Newman. you mean Paul Newman's? Yeah. So- mm-hmm. We got to find out why the hell he's called the Big Ragu when he comes back. Sounds like a self-proclaimed name. Mission for tomorrow. It's hey. listed on Pro Football Reference, so yeah. really, oh, it's been a thing for a long time. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not Italian, is he? When he was huh. no. Ramon. Oh, Ramon is not Italian. <laughs> hey, black folks can be Italian. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Yeah, he's getting a sunburn today too at the Grand Canyon. Right. Exactly. Ron Slay in the F and M bait chat says, "Yes, yeah, Spears is actually Swagu. That's right. Thank you, Slay. Swagu. Right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, You're right. Swagu. Good job, Ron. Savage comes from his lasagna he makes, says Ron Slay. And he would know. Really. There ain't no way. Well, yeah, the savage one is easier easier for me to understand. Big ragu is the one that's in question. I didn't even know he had lasagna making skills though. That's Big interesting. Ragu. Oh, that maybe the yeah ragu ragu like, the spaghetti sauce. sauce. Okay, yeah. now I'm tracking. That yeah. makes sense. All right, so yeah. he, he's a big dude that makes it. ragu. Interesting. I like that it. makes spaghetti sauce. It's good. Well, you know, what's in his spaghetti sauce that makes it so good? Secret ingredient sometimes onions with a little bit of that garlic, like. Some people have put brown sugar in it. Oh, God. I'm serious, though. <laughs> no, I, that's a real thing. Well, in, the, in the South, I used to get in, in verbal scats with people where it was like uh, people would put sugar in their spaghetti and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's only one thing that's required in my spaghetti sauce. Meat. There uh, you go. I'll tell you one thing that I learned yesterday that I am shocked and appalled at. Having, uh, every now and then, I'll have conversations with Peyton, my girlfriend, who is from New Jersey. And I will realize that things that I thought were national are not national things that are cooked or made like they're just southern things. 
Poppy seed chicken is apparently a southern dish. The hell is that? What, what is that? What? I don't know what, what? that is. What are you talking what are about? You? What is poppy seed? What? Oh my gosh. Know. I thought everyone had poppy seed chicken. Psych. It is essentially a chicken casserole with Yeah, Robert knows. Robert is Okay. Uh, you I don't you know ball. Well, we're not traditional southerners. So yeah, it, so. it is a it's a chicken casserole that's basically chopped up chicken. You've got cream of chicken soup and sour cream you mix in it. Because I'm not really like a casserole guy total, but this one is very, very good. You put poppy seeds in it, Hmm. and then you cover it with crushed up Ritz crackers, and you put melted butter over the crushed up Ritz crackers, and you put it in the oven. Oh, my gosh. It is so good. You probably had it at a church function. A hundred percent. If you have been to a church potluck, (laughs) poppy seed chicken is right there. I've heard a green bean casserole that kind of sounds similar. I love this green bean casserole now. It's the same thing with chicken and poppy My wife kills it on the green bean casserole. Chicken instead of the green beans. There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what in the world? How do people not know poppy seed chicken? Mm, Poppy seeds. Don't those give you a little bit of a natural high? No, you, that, but was you a, can, that was a Seinfeld no. episode. <laughs> Elaine was failing her test because she was eating poppy seed bagels. Not a not a real thing. Just like you can't die from licking envelopes, like uh, George's wife did. I like the, the poppy seeds. Immediately, seed Kayla starts giggling like she had some poppy seeds. I like muffins that are poppy seed. No, muffins. but you can like fail a drug test from yes. eating poppy seed muffins. You, you or, see? Stop it! No, I'm serious. Are you serious? Dead serious. That's what yeah. I well, it doesn't. Right. No, you said they would give you a high. Well, this I mean, is you can fail a drug test. System. Doesn't mean you got high. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the same oh, thing, though? Oh right? My goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, Scoop Richardson in the Evident Bank chat says, "Here you go with these casseroles. That's not a southern thing, Will. That's a you thing. Where? Do, what part well, of the country do you think we live in, I my guy? Casserole are. is a southern thing. Yeah. I don't know about that." We, we got some casseroles, casseroles in the North, too. Absolutely They're is. everywhere. Yeah, right? But it is a Southern thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it can be a Southern thing. 100%. For sure. I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't know much. I know this. Now, in you need to get us outside. Look, look at it. Kayla's from the great Northwest. I'm from Illinois. Where have you been outside the city of Tennessee? I've never had permanent residence ever See, out of So Tennessee. you don't know what the other, other side is No, like but that's what eat. I'm saying is that I know what is done here <laughs> for sure. You know what we do know, though? <laughs> Cincinnati makes a mean, mean spaghetti casserole up there. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Spaghetti casserole with this. You guys ready to be shaken to your core? Lord have mercy. Uh, the casserole was invented in New Hampshire. Of course New Hampshire. Wow. Mm. What year? 1866. <laughs> now yeah, that's right. Had plenty mm-hmm. of time to migrate mm-hmm. down here to the south for us to perfect. Mm-hmm. 100%. They flew he south for them to perfect it, Kayla. Like y'all perfected the casserole. They don't Who? put enough butter up there. The they, I mean, no, I'll give true. you that. They put butter in every single thing down here below yes, the major dish. I'm about butter. Butter's in ice cream down here. Goodness gracious. Mm. Well, uh, the NFL will have plenty of money to spend on ingredients, casseroles, brown sugar in their lasagna. As Mm. Mike Florio writes yesterday, that's one of my worst transitions I've had. You got there. Multiple sources tell uh, Pro Football Talk that teams expect the salary cap to be in the neighborhood of $243 million. And then he updated this story yesterday at 1230 Central Time. And says another source with a proven record of accuracy in these matters says it will be closer to two hundred fifty million. So who was the other source that he quoted before that? That's a great question. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Peacock. That's a thank stray, you, YouTube TV. Stray bullet to whoever his first source was. Thank you, those other streaming services that are now carrying the NFL that add to the bottom line, baby. 
who were all, well, at least I am. I'll speak for myself on this. Why do I keep on getting subscriptions to these things? It's too, I can't even keep count of how many. Got to be honest, Kayla. The NFL got me a hoop, got me buying Peacock. Well, actually, I stole my parents because my dad had to have Hulu, had to have Peacock for some series he was watching. No, it was actually my mom. She wanted to watch Days of Our Lives, <laughs> and she couldn't get the, the episode she wanted to get, so they got a Hulu subscription. So I started piggybacking off of that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> YouTube TV, because Bryson was playing a lot of his games, yep. obviously, out of this market, and I wanted to be able to see every single one that played, so I got YouTube TV. So the NFL got me to buying so many different subscriptions. Amazon? Of, Amazon, too, on Thursday Night Football. You couldn't watch Thursday Night Football unless you had Prime Video. What are we doing? Peacock is one I use almost every day. You know what? They've got some good shows, Will. I just started to really dive into their shows on Peacock. Really? And I actually enjoy some of them. So You know what I found out? I found out that my neighborhood does have the AT&T fiber network. So uh, now yeah. we can do away with the traditional cable. And I can just go ahead and get the internet service for like 8 bucks a month. And stream all the stuff that I usually watch on my laptop anyway. There you go. And put this in your ticket for next year. You can write it all off on your taxes if you work in uh, radio like we do. So yeah. write every bit I of it all. It's a little bit of a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be writing it off. I love it, Bert. You've been hanging out with Buck way too oh, much. Oh, it's like, you see, Will didn't want to get into that. Like, oh, well, That's the whole reason I bought PFF, because I can write it off That's on my taxes. Right. That one I think is more fair. But uh, watching things is a little bit of a... I have to do it to do my job. Yeah, this you don't have untrue. you don't have to watch to catch a smuggler to do your job. I maybe I would I would maybe do that, but like not broadcast it on one of the biggest radio stations <laughs> in the country. You know what I mean? I've got an LLC. I got it's in my own business. It's my own. That's home. what you. There's your tax break right there. Ladies love cable <laughs> LLC. Um, no. <laughs> I do watch Peacock almost every day. <laughs> I usually don't break Robert like this. That was actually There's no way you came up with that. There's yes, no way you came up with that. Said that. What is that from? My brain, my stupid, <laughs> my terrible brain. brain. I'm so Ladies glad you talked cable. over me that way. You can't I, save that. I love that. Thank you. Ladies love cable. I, I was silent for about five seconds trying to come up with the C. The LL <laughs> was the easy part. Ladies, Ladies love was the easy part. Cable. That's right. No, but Peacock has the super fan episodes of The Office, so that's a must-have. And then to watch the Premier League, English Premier ah, League. Ah, there it is. You have to have Peacock. Yeah. So, And you are using that for your job because you are soccer. You cover soccer. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't cover the Premier League, though. Yeah, you get some context. I know. Coming up, though, let's talk with Austin Price. Let's See if, uh, what, what his favorite casserole is. <laughs> Pride of Northeast Tennessee. You know that Austin Price can make a mean casserole Take it to the in he his household. Take it to the Absolutely. They're good. Poppy seed chicken, man. I Stop. this is my my good world. Point. I will forever now live the rest of my life is the day I found out not everyone eats poppy seed chicken. Before and after that realization. We gotta have a potluck. We really yeah. do. Oh, yeah, right. I'm in. Uh, all food for Buck to complain is in front of him. Because <laughs> no one complains <laughs> about free food like Andrew Rising. Coming up next, Austin Price tells us about the two new members of Josh Eipel's staff next. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. 
Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Rolling right along in hour number three on RKW, brewed up by 8th and Rose. Former Titan Brad Hopkins in for Ramon Foster this morning. Kayla Anderson, I'm Will Bowling. And joining us as he does every Tuesday at 820, he is VolQuested on threes. Austin Price. Austin, I've got an important question for you first before we talk about Tennessee's new staff hires. I am told that no one else in this room except Robert has heard of poppy seed chicken, like the casserole. Are you familiar with poppy seed chicken at all? Yes or no? No. Oh, my Thank gosh. You. Good <laughs> night. All right. Anyway. Weirdos, you and Bert. Is there a favorite casserole in the Price household? Like, what is what is your casserole of choice, though? I don't think there's a favorite. Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. Not a casual guy. Poppy seed chicken's my only one, so these are important answers to get from Austin Price. Uh, Austin, <laughs> we've got two new members of Josh Heupel's staff. Let's start with Darrell Sims at running backs coach. Why was he ultimately the best choice for Josh Heupel in Tennessee? You know, I, I think he went in to the interview on Saturday, and, you know, I think Tennessee was intrigued by him. Um, Will and and then you know I think he knocked the the interview out of the park. Um, the more they talked to him, the more they kind of really liked him and and you know kind of saw his vision for kind of what the running book back room could look like. And he has ties in, in areas where I think you know Josh Heupel in Tennessee want to spend some time in recruiting, whether it be the Carolinas, uh, Virginia, Georgia, um, you know all those areas. You know he's he's recruited before. Um, you know it'll be a, it'll. You know, it could be a, a different class of running back that he's that he's recruiting in the SEC versus you know when he was at East Carolina or even at Louisville or Cincinnati. But I think you know this is a guy who at one point had Reuben Foster, um, the number one running back in the country at the time, committed to Louisville, and uh, then Reuben got kind of the pressure to go to Texas A&M, and that's where he went. But I mean, the guy seems to connect really, really well with players. Um, you know, and talking to some different people uh, around college football, and uh, a lot of his peers, uh, other running backs coaches, have a lot of respect for what he's been able to do in a short amount of time as he's climbed the uh, the coaching ladder. And Austin William Inge joins as new linebackers coach. Bit of a different background for the 50 year old from Missouri who spent a lot of time with Kalen DeBoer, was potentially headed to Alabama. Why ultimately did he decide instead to come to Tennessee? You know, that's a great question. I don't I don't know the answer to what, you know, kind of made him not go to Alabama and choose Tennessee instead. Um, you know, I, I do know that Tim Banks, uh, you know, when BJ announced he was leaving to go to Michigan, that was one of the first phone calls he made. And uh, they spent a lot of time talking over the weekend, trying to get to this point. And then on Monday, um, you know, Coach Inge, you know, told him he was in, sent the paperwork over, and uh, – the rest is history, but uh, Tennessee moves quickly, uh, a lot quicker than they have moved in previous coaching hires under Josh Heupel. They moved really quickly to fill these two spots as we are one month away from spring practice. So, Austin, at this point, I heard you guys talking about this on the VolQuest podcast yesterday. When you have a guy like that who maybe hasn't recruited in the South, 
but has built relationships elsewhere in time at Indiana and at Washington. Did that surprise you at all, just hiring someone like that who hasn't had as much experience recruiting in this area? And how does he go about building those relationships? Yeah, to a degree it did. Um, You know, I I do think that uh, if you know Tim Banks, Tim Banks wants somebody who's, you know, you know, can kind of be his right hand man. Can can you know if if he had to to put it in like simple man terms, if he had to miss practice for a doctor's appointment, now that never happens. But if if he did, he needed somebody that he knew could take care of things. And and you know, Coach Inge has been his own defensive coordinator at Fresno State. You know, he's been with you know you know coached several different positions along the way. He understands. He's a veteran guy. Um, as far as relationships, I, I do think if you can build relationships anywhere, I think it will still translate here. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, having ties to the South, knowing the seven-on-seven scene or the high school coach or whatever, he's not going to p- be tied in there right away. But, you know, I think it will take him some time to kind of get established. But as far as building relationships, re- relationships with a specific recruit or a specific linebacker, target, or whoever – I think he'll be just fine because ultimately, like I said, if you can if you can build them at Iowa and Fresno State and Indiana and, and Washington, you can build them at Tennessee. Austin Price of VolQuest joining us this morning on RK Dub. Speaking of recruiting, Austin, we kind of were having this conversation earlier today when speaking of these new coaches. If in what way at all has maybe recruiting changed uh, a little bit when it comes to these position coaches and when they're out on the recruiting trail because you now have, you know, the money situation, the NIL, and, and you do have the transfer portal. Do you feel like it's changed at all specifically for these guys when they get out on the trail? Uh, I mean, maybe a little, um, Kayla. I, I don't think it's changed dramatically. Ultimately, you know, Especially when, it, when you're dealing with a lot of big schools, a lot of big schools have you know decent NIL funds, and so and when the money is comparable, you know it still boils back down to relationships, and you know so thus it still boils back down to kind of you know to quote Top Gun too, you know the pilot in the box, mm-hmm. you know so like mm-hmm. you you still need to be able to have coaches that can recruit. It's not just as simple as. Biggest biggest bag wins because not always are you going to have the biggest bag. Sometimes somebody's going to have just as big a bag uh, in NIL funds. And so it boils down to relationships and, and how you make a, a family feel, a kid feel, um, an aunt, an uncle, whoever. So um, it, it's changed a little, but it's not changed dramatically in my opinion. With these two coaches, uh, you know, Sims and Inge coming in midway through February, uh, obviously a little bit different hiring coaches at this time of year. What's the most important thing for them with spring ball right around the corner uh, in terms of their positions? Well, they've got to kind of hit the ground running. And so, you know, in a perfect world, you know, like when when we get to in three weeks time, when we get to spring break for Tennessee, um, the university, like, you know, a lot of the coaches are going to be going out, you know, and going with their families and taking some time off, kind of getting away uh, for a week because they just get very few weeks like that a year. But not these new coaches, I don't believe. I think they'll either be trying to figure out getting some stuff moved to town. They'll be working on learning the defense, learning the offense. All that stuff will be kind of in their sphere of the next, uh, you know, 27 days as we lead up to – the 18th of March, which is the day Tennessee begins practice. So, you know, it, it'll be kind of a whirlwind next month uh, for both coaches as they kind of 
get a uh, feel and get a grasp of everything that Josh Heupel and Tim Banks want to do. Austin, Kayla mentioned NIL as part of the equation. Uh, maybe the fact that Tennessee at one point in time last year had the number one ranked offense um, in the country at some point. Uh, what do you think it is about the Tennessee program or the Josh Heupel program that has made them more attractive to recruits? Well, I think it's it's the personality of the program. Uh, coach Heupel is a player's coach. Um, you know, uh, you talk to, you know, these coaches that are leaving and, and they tell you, you know, Josh Heupel's great to work for. Um, you talk to the players and they talk about Josh Heupel's great to play for. And um, I think it's just the atmosphere around the program. Um, you know, a lot of schools this size have good NIL funds. A lot of schools this size have good facilities. Um, then, it, you know, again, boils down to the ability to build a relationship, the ability to, you know, push kids, hold them accountable, teach them, develop them, while also love on them and have fun and, 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 and make college a, uh, a memorable experience. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Heifel and his staff do a good job of that. Okay, so when we're talking about players, now let's switch to coaches. I mean, we obviously just mentioned William Ainge uh, choosing Tennessee over Alabama when it seemed like he was going to be committed there to coach. Uh, has the program turned into a destination spot for coaches looking to rise in the coaching ranks, so to speak? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think Tennessee's in a spot where, like they were, you know, several years ago where coaches are, you know, when an opening happens, coaches call. I mean, with the running back spot, I mean, you had, I would say, no fewer than six power five running backs coaches that, that reached out to Tennessee that had interest. Um, they interviewed five. Um, you know, so I mean, like, they they had, you know, several that, that you know, really had heavy interest in the job and, you know, Tennessee decided to go with Darrell Sims after, you know, several interviews and feel comfortable with him and, you know, and, and you know, what he brings to the table. But, uh, yeah, I do think Tennessee is in a spot, unlike they were a few years ago, where I think, you know, you, you're able to go attract several uh, marquee names uh, to the position. Austin Price of Alquest, our guest. Austin, one week after the injunction hearing between the NCAA in Tennessee, are there any rumblings on when we could get a decision? And at this point, do you have a gut feeling either way on which direction this thing goes? Well, I mean, nobody knows but the judge. I right. mean, I think you could hear as early as today. Um, I would be shocked if it goes past next Tuesday. I think two weeks would be about the max. I think we would we would we would go without hearing from Judge Corker. But uh, you know, I mean, I think it could come down at any time. And you know, I, you know, as far as rumblings. I don't know. Again, I think I think the, uh, the you know Tennessee AG feels comfortable with the case they presented. I you know sitting in that courtroom, I you know I was able to you know I I I feel like I read body language and and, and kind of you know kind of like can read the room pretty well. Uh, I struggle in other areas of my life, but I feel like I do pretty well when it comes to like people. Um, and and it definitely felt like you know. The, you know, the attorney for the Tennessee AG got stronger and stronger and stronger as, as you know, that, you know, 40 minutes or so went on. Um, I thought he closed it really strong with his kind of closing remarks about the NCAA uh, tournament TV deal. And, you know, they wouldn't enter into that without knowing, you know, what, what each, you know, you know, network was offering financially. And um, I thought he presented a good case. And I thought the uh, lawyer for the NCAA was solid, but I think he did kind of fumble, you know, the, you know, when he was talking about the ability to, uh, you know, whether whether you could talk to, you know, collectives or not, and he kind of was kind of all over the place and talked in circles, and uh, the judge noted that, and 
again, I, whether they win the injunction or not, I'm not sure it ends there either way. Um, you know, I, to put it for me, I've always felt like this. To put it in boxing terms, I felt like for the NCAA to have success, they needed to be a 12 round fight. Tennessee can win a 12 round fight, but to me, Tennessee's the only party here that can win in an early round TKO or knockout. So, like, you know, I think that's that's kind of where we're at here. We'll see if the injunction goes Tennessee's way or not. Also, switching to the hardwood, Tennessee had a 31-point halftime lead over Vanderbilt, their largest in an SEC game since 1999. Not a ton you can take away from that one, and perhaps Vols fans will hope the same tonight against a winless Missouri team on the road to the SEC. How much optimism is there around that program that – with Dalton Connect, with some of the differences in this team compared to some other Rick Barnes teams, that this is the team that ultimately gets over the hump as we round the corner into the final couple of weeks of SEC play? Well, obviously there's a lot of hope. And, you know, when Dalton – you know you're going to get Dalton Connect every night. I mean, like, the, the guy's a score. And the key is, you know, do you get Ziegler on? You know, do you get Santi on? Do you get Josiah Jordan-James on or Jordan Ganey? To me, that's the key in all of this. Like when you can pair at least two of those guys, or just you know the reigning SEC Player of the Week, Jonas Adu as well. When you can pair at least two of those guys with what Connect does, Tennessee's really tough to beat. And so uh, it, March is all about matchups, uh, but you do feel like no matter the matchup, whether you want to go fast like Kentucky, or whether you want to try to slow it down, you've got Dalton Connect who can go get his and can can go and create his own shot if things aren't falling for others. It just makes things incredibly easier for Tennessee if the other shots are falling because then they can't just focus on connect. They've got to try to, you know, you know, space out their defense a little bit more, which makes connect even more dangerous. Austin Price joining us on RK Dub. You can check him out at VolQuest. Some great work there. Austin, when it comes down the stretch of SEC play, we're seeing some interesting things happen. I mean, you saw what happened to Auburn in their place the other night. Uh, Kentucky maybe you know, starting to heat up at the right time. Who do you feel like is getting the gas here down the stretch when it's super important, including Tennessee in the mix here? Yeah, Kentucky had, you know, maybe the most impressive SEC win anybody's had all year, uh, winning at Auburn, which is an incredibly tough place to play. Now, this is the same Kentucky that had lost three straight games at home right. at Rupp, and that just doesn't happen. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if, if they fully turn the corner or if they just had kind of a, a really good night and Auburn had an off night. I mean, you know, Tennessee lost to South Carolina at home, you know, and then turned around and, and you know, won at Rupp. So, you know, we'll see kind of like game to game, like who has the longest stretch here. I mean – I would tell you Alabama just because at this mm-hmm. point, you know, they've been the most consistent team in league play. Um, you know, Florida's won seven of eight. They've been, you know, playing really good basketball uh, after they lost here um, back in January. And so, you know, I, I think that there's several teams. Tennessee, I think Kentucky's got definitely the flash. But, you know, did those losses there in the middle of SEC play kind of hurt their ability to go try to win the regular season? Uh, I, I start with Alabama, then I go Tennessee. After that, you know, Auburn is, is you know, they've got some road games ahead that I think will make it hard. They're really good at home, not nearly as good on the road, including coming here. Um, but, if you know, if, I think there was a question in the Monday Night Chat last night, would you take the field or would you take Alabama? At this point, knowing Tennessee's got to go to Coleman Coliseum, I'd probably take Alabama. Okay. Uh, but if Tennessee wins that game, then I think all bets are off, uh, you know, uh, as far as like – 
who do I lean to winning the regular season? Because I think it's really, really close, but just because of some games ahead, I think Alabama maybe has a slight edge to, to try to hold on here. Austin, on the way out, as Tennessee fans get accustomed and get comfortable in a uh, brand-new Lindsey Nelson Stadium today for a home baseball opener, how different does that facility look for Tennessee fans making their way to either Thompson Bowling Arena or, or Food City Center and going to baseball? And, and, and just what's the progress on that? You guys have done a great job in the war room updating with pictures every week. What can Tennessee fans expect the next time they're on campus over there? Well, it's definitely an upgrade. It definitely looks different, and it's going to continue to look different as they they you know they they make more and more re- renovations to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So, uh, improved from where it's been, not quite where it's going to be yet. And uh, again, it's all about progress under Danny White. Absolutely is. Austin Price of AllQuest, the authority on Tennessee coverage. You mentioned the Monday night chat, a subscription, a membership to AllQuest. You get all sorts of nuggets. I am in the Monday night chat. Every single week. That's why I'm a little more tired on Tuesday mornings <laughs> every week. Austin Price, our guest every Tuesday. Austin, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Austin. Austin. Thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. There he is, Austin Price, saying that he would expect by this time next week that we have an answer on Tennessee's injunction hearing against the NCAA. I, I asked the question about when could we hear something and you know what are you hearing, yada, yada, yada. It's one of those where unless you are in the mind of the judge, there's just no way to know which direction this thing's going to go. Right. I mean, we even heard, we could have heard something this week. It just, like you said, just to get some sort of insight I think is important of a timeline. And it looks like next week for sure we'll hear something. So that's good, good news. Yeah, isn't this precedent setting, you know, if you think about how this case turns out, yeah. I'm sure a lot of a lot of things will be set in you know in line according to that. A lot of rulings in the future potentially with other schools, other involvements with their NIL. I think that that decision is going to carry a lot of weight when it comes to other schools and other other situations mm-hmm. developing after this. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. We can catch up on your phone calls coming up next. We can also catch up on ESPN Plus posting the best fits for top fifty NFL free agents. This offseason, we'll dive into that, see if there are any potential Titans coming up next. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow, nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Welcome to Talkville. The Ultimate Smallville Rewatch Podcast. Let's get into Season 4, Episode 3, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. Yeah, I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Wrapping up Hour 3 on RKW, brewed by 8th and Roast. Coming up in a half hour, Ron Slay of SEC Network and 3HO will stop by. Guys, I have an issue. Stop me if you've heard that before. Brad Hopkins, Kayla Anderson, Will Bowling with you. Every time for the last year that I would get on my computer and try to go on ESPN+, Plus, it would say, continue reading, log in here. Okay, I would log in there, 
It would say, processing, processing, you're all set, logged in. Then I would go back to the article. Continue reading. Log in here. by ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, guys, yeah. I already own ESPN+. Plus. Okay, so go back in. Same thing, same thing. So about a month ago, I went through ESPN support. I read on Reddit where you can go to ESPN support, ask for something specifically, and they will help you, and they will connect you through, and I did that. It took 10 minutes. They were very kind. They were very polite. They knew exactly what my issue was. 10 minutes later, I was reading ESPN Plus on my desktop. Great. One month later, we are back to the same issue, Mm. and I tease an ESPN Plus article that just dropped before the break, and I get back on. Continue reading. You're all set. Continue reading. You're all set. Continue reading. So anyway, in the, in the meantime, what if you tried another browser? Have you- I, no, I, I've tried that. My phone works. So I got it on my phone. And thankfully, uh, again, as the enterprising, intelligent, young 26 year old that I am, I know that I can highlight something and copy it on my phone and then hit control V and paste it on my laptop. Then again, I'm, I'm not very smart. I'm joking. But anyway, Hollywood Brown, a player that ESPN plus thinks would fit with the Titans. Mm-hmm. You down? I'm down. 28 touchdowns in his career, 10 of them coming on throws of 20 or more air yards. And former I, Raven and Cardinal. I think it's, Will, when you look at his stats, specifically last year, I think people can be like, whoa, hey now, I don't know about Hollywood Brown. Um, but what I feel like why this would be a good fit, and he did, yes, cross paths with uh, DeAndre Hopkins in 2022. But in 2023, this last season, 574 yards in terms of receptions. He had four TDs, so not incredible numbers. 2022, 709 yards, three TDs. Um, 2021, by far his best season in Baltimore with over 1,000 yards uh, receiving. He had six touchdowns. But this is what I'll say. The inconsistency at quarterback play in Arizona the last two seasons has been an issue. And so I'll put part of it on that in terms of maybe him not having those numbers. But one thing we talked about in here was the lack of speed that the Titans have had in terms of their wide receivers. One thing that Nick uh, uh, Folk, why am I saying Nick Folk now? This is what I'm getting when we're getting all these names. New offensive coordinator. Nick Holtz. Nick Holtz, thank Holtz. you. Holtz. Holtz, yeah. So many new names. Nick Holtz specifically said in that presser, speed came out as something that they wanted to incorporate in this offense. And that's why this stood out to me as being a potential fit, because I think they could utilize him well in this offense. He would have bigger numbers. Obviously you could get the speed element into this offense. So I'm in on a Marquise Brown slash Hollywood. Brown. Yeah. If you can employ that speed, then it opens up, you know, the other, like the slot receiver position, DeAndre Hopkins has done a great job of, of of basically working with Will Levis in his first year. So I still think that he brings value. But as long as you've got somebody that can draw the bodies away from the line of scrimmage, like you talked about a Hollywood Brown or someone in the, maybe in the draft um, that has that speed element to them, I think that uh, that could be somebody that you know that basically Nick and Brian can get a lot of use out of. Then a second player in ESPN Plus's top 50 as they give best fits for all of these players. Chidobe Awuzie, a corner from Cincinnati, is the other pick for the Titans within this top 50, saying that the Titans need veteran help in the secondary as they allow the league's third worst completion percentage to opponents last season at 67.8%. Awuzie did not have a pick in the 2023 season, but he did make 57 tackles and force a fumble. 
The uh, article also says he has the fluid movement traits and closing speed to play off the ball in zone schemes, but has man coverage skills to challenge on the perimeter, which is a fit under new defensive coordinator Denard Wilson. The other headline for Titans fans of this is the best fit for Derrick Henry. And I'm sure you'll be shocked to learn that they have Derrick Henry's best fit as the Baltimore Ravens, where former Titans always go. Yep. Uh, and I'm here to quell your fears. The Baltimore Ravens have the second uh, least amount of cap space among teams that are in the positive space. Right. It, to me, that would shock me as a luxury signing with a lot of holes that they have to fill in other positions. They're, they're going to make money. Teams can always make money with restructures. Uh, but I, that would seem like a, a luxury pick for me. But on the Titans side, I did find the expected contracts for both Ch- uh, Chidobia Wuzier and Hollywood Brown. For Hollywood Brown, they're suggesting that he would sign a four-year, $59.5 million contract. That's $15 million a year. And Awuzier would sign a two-year, uh, $23 million. Sign me up for that. Yeah, $11.5 like million. Dollar. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, of all those conversations, though, it, it does make the most sense for Derrick Henry to go coupled with a guy that at the running back, or excuse me, at the quarterback position adds another element to the running running game, right? I mean, he's that between the tackles kind of guy that you want mm-hmm. and, you know, a guy that's as accomplished running the football as Lamar Jackson. It seemed like they would complement each other way more than him going anyplace else. And he could win a Super Bowl potentially. And that's another thing. It's like, you know, I, I probably would take just a, a pinch less in compensation yeah. to say that I had a better chance to win the conference and then get into a Super Bowl. Yeah. In the effort of Big Chat, Taylor writes on YouTube, if the Eagles cut Kevin Byard, do we consider him at a much cheaper point with the holes we have in the DB room? I don't think so. Well, I don't think I'd take him over Kayvon Wallace. Fair. Yeah. But I think... You're looking for new, you're looking for younger, you're looking for a safety why, that's going why? to be here for the next five years. And quite frankly, I don't know if Kevin Byard would be would want to come back here this late in his career. I think he's in ring-chasing territory of his career, having not had the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl yet. But I do expect him to be a cap casualty in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's back there for sure. I don't think he's back. I don't think it's likely. Yeah, I get it. Chasing a chip is pretty alluring, but you also have been the mayor and also mm-hmm. one of the leaders on this defense. Sure. And I don't think it'd be hard for him to kind of gain that respect and come back to that same position. At his pro day, guys, Marquise Brown ran a four two seven forty yard dash. And the guy's fast. Uh, sign me up. Sign me up. I am also a proponent of the Titans signing two wide receivers mm-hmm. and also drafting one because I'm just so out on Traylon Burks. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a chance you want to get rid of him while he still has value at some point this season. And quite frankly, he doesn't have much value at all right now. Would you do like a Tyler Boyd? I don't think he's going to cost too much. If if Marquise Brown is coming here, which I think is a better fit in terms of deep threat, speed, take the top off the defense receiver, I think that's your big money move. And you find someone in the 8 to $10 million range at the max at that point. And maybe that is Tyler Boyd, but... Sounds like Cedric Wilson. I think this is a take I'm workshopping, and it's a conversation I want to have later in the week or or later before free agency starts. I'm talking myself into believing in Kyle Phillips again Mm. under Brian Callahan. Okay. I think Kyle Phillips is a guy that was not big and strong enough to play in a Mike Vrabel kind of team and might be actually a pretty decent fit as a slot under Brian Callahan. I'm not out on that. Well, would you and, take Kyle? Would you take Kyle over Westbrook Akine? In yeah. this offense, yeah, I would. absolutely. 
Will is ready to get hurt again. I am ready to get hurt again. Another guy I did put on the list, by the way, quickly on, on in terms of special teamers, Deontay Hardy is a free agent that is likely to not go back to Buffalo mm. next season. Guy that had the all-important 96-yard punt return for a touchdown against Miami uh, in the last game of the season in the NFL last year. If you want to just solve all of your punt returner issues and have as fast of a wide receiver as there is in the league, Deontay Hardy is a sleepy, good, cheap pick that will likely will be a cap casualty. He has uh, $4 million of cap savings. So Buffalo lets go of him, and they are $51 million in the red entering this offseason. Mm, mm, mm. We'll take a look at more uh, free agent fits coming up next. There are uh, a couple of big names in the top 10 that would be in different places, including a quarterback for the Falcons. That would be kind of wild. We'll talk about that next. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.